This is Big Talk. Michael Glab here. Let's get right down to it because we've got a lot to talk about today. My guest this week, a gentleman by the name of Alejandro Gomez Guillen. He is the conductor of the Bloomington Symphony Orchestra. Alejandro, welcome to Big Talk. Hello, Michael. It's great to be here. Thank you so much. Well, we're glad you're here. I'll bet you're busy as all get out because the Bloomington Symphony Orchestra has has a big deal going on this coming Sunday. Sunday, May 22nd, there will be a performance. Actually, I understand there will be two performances on Sunday at the Buzzkirk Chumley Theater of Gustav Holst's The Planets. We're very excited. This is our season finale, our 52nd season finale, if you can believe that. And we've called our season resilient because that's exactly what we've all become through the challenging times that we live in. And we can't imagine a better way to celebrate this resilience and our community than this wonderful piece, this wonderful work that is Gustav Holst's The Planets. Gustav Holtz was a British uh, composer. From 1914 through 1917, he wrote this seven-movement orchestral suite. Now, each of the movements is given to a planet. Earth is not included, nor is Pluto. Pluto, the dwarf planet, wasn't even discovered at that time. This thing uh, premiered at Queen's Hall in 1918. Holtz uh, went on vacation with some friends in Spain in 1913, heard a lecture on astrology, became an avid astrologer, got so into this that he incorporated this into his music. Holtz was indeed fascinated with numbers, uh, with the occult, which didn't necessarily have a negative connotation, but you know, this fascination with with the things that were not necessarily as easily explainable. And even though the music itself does have certain attributes that, you know, were associated with mythology, etc., such as the obvious one being Mars, being associated with war, I think Holst very cleverly and also very profoundly managed to imbue his music with things that make us think of universal themes. And so each of the planets has these attributes, such as I said, Mars with war, Jupiter with jollity, Venus with peace. But I think it goes deeper than that. And actually, that's how BSO is trying to approach it, to to make us think of these universal themes, these themes that we relate to as human beings, that the topics of such as peace, love, mysticism, spirituality make us think of. And I think that's what makes this piece so profound and so fascinating beyond it just being an amazing piece of music. This will be performed twice, Sunday, May 22nd at the Buzzkirk Chumley Theater by the Bloomington Symphony Orchestra. We're talking about Gustav Holst's 
the planets, uh, the seven movement orchestral suite. As I say, there will be two performances, three and seven. Will they be the same performances, Alejandro? Actually, not quite. So our first performance at 3 p.m. will just contain hosts of the planets. And I don't say just as if it were, you know, a small thing. It's a grand suite and the concert will be about an hour long once we talk a little bit and we share a little bit with the audience. And then the second performance at 7 p.m. will also include a local choir of Voces Nove, which is directed by Susan Sweeney. And it will also include a piece by another local composer by the name of Zachary Walther. This piece is called Cycle. And earlier you mentioned that there was no Earth in Hosts the Planets. So in a way, our inclusion of Cycle is a nod to Earth in that Zachary, the composer, wanted it to represent a little bit of the, the turmoil and a little bit of the, the chaos, if you will, that sometimes can be happening and the humans can be doing to Earth. So it's a very driven and bombastic, exciting piece to open the concert. And then Voices Nova, the chamber choir, will actually share two star-themed pieces one of which is also written by local composer Lauren Bernofsky, and this piece is called O Cosmos, and the other piece is called Stars. So it's this uh, stellar, <laughs> unintended performance of uh, sharing uh, local composers, Zachary Walther, Lauren Bernofsky, the local choir, Voices Nove, and, and I'll add that one of the things that I'm the most proud about leading and getting to lead the Bloomington Symphony is that this orchestra, if you don't know, this orchestra is made up of our community. It really is your Bloomington Symphony. It is your teachers, your business owners, your people from different walks of life who choose to make music on a weekly basis and who choose to give their time and donate their time and talents to make music at a very high level, I must say, and I'm very proud of, of what we do. And I think it's just such a wonderful element of community building and community making. So yeah, we're very, very excited. And we get to also share a little party in between the shows. So I could tell you more about that if you want. Yes. But it'll uh, be a fun day. <laughs> the Bloomington Symphony Orchestra Galactic. But I guess uh, the way that it's uh, spelled out, it's Gala Galactic Party. Right. That's at 4.30 to 6.30 p.m. Is that at the same place? The Buzzkirk no, Chumley Theater? No, actually, we, it, it's a short walk, an even shorter drive, but a short walk at, at the mill, not far from, from the Buzzkirk Chumley Theater. Right. Kind of by Morton, Morton Street. Yeah. Um, we called it a gala hyphen tick yeah. <laughs> party because it is, it is a fundraiser for the orchestra and it will have uh, catered hors d'oeuvres and it will have this whole thematic element which in fact kind of ties the whole thing together, the whole day together in that we're doing space jams, you know, sharing with the audience, probably the piece that inspired truly, if not all, most of the space themed music that followed host. You know, oh. if you think of any soundtrack, if you think of uh, anything, Star Wars, Star Trek, all the wonderful movies and all the wonderful sagas that have taken place really out there dead musically to what Gustav Holst did. And no so kidding. we're just really playing up that theme. And in fact, we're highly encouraging the audience and the orchestra to wear costumes. <laughs> I'm, planning, 
I'm planning of coming as a Jedi master and uh, <laughs> and the idea is for it to be a really fun, really informal family event, whether you choose to come to just the first concert at 3 p.m. or just the seven or the galactic party plus the seven or maybe go to the first concert and then head on to the party <laughs> we have an option for everybody and all of those will be priced separately and all the information can be readily found at bloomingtonsymphony.com slash space jams now let me go through that again space jams during which uh the bloomington symphony orchestra will perform the seven movement orchestral suite by gustav holst the planets. The first performance will be Sunday, May 22nd, 3 p.m. at the Buzzkirk Chumley Theater. Then you get everybody to stand up. They got to all stretch out in their costumes and all the rest. Walk over to the mill, which is part of that new development that's just north of City Hall. Exactly. At 4.30, there's going to be a fundraising party for the Bloomington Symphony Orchestra, and hopefully everybody will be there in their costumes and you're going to feed them and give them refreshments and all the exactly rest. and we have all these themed uh, drinks and foodstuffs and music playing in the background and yes and then if if they're not too weighted down with food and drink they can walk right back over to the buzzkirk chumley theater at 7 p.m sunday uh, may 22nd to see an extended performance including works by local composers boy that's going to be a huge day for you alejandro yes. yes for all of us in the planning committee and musicians of the orchestra we're very grateful for everybody's time and, and talent and you know i'll say also if you want to start with the party that's totally welcome you have a little drink and food, and then you arrive a little merrier <laughs> to the 7 p.m. performance. So that's also an option. So you can put it together, the three events, any way you want them. Hopefully you go to all three. Well, I mean, we, we would be so honored and so glad if you chose to do that. That would be a huge, huge uh, support for the orchestra as we raise uh, funds to do all that we do. We have uh, programs not just on stage, but programs with the community. It would be very exciting to have as much community participation as possible. Absolutely. You know, I want to go back to Holtz. Holtz. Yes. It's so hard for me to say Holtz in the possessive <laughs> sense. It, I know. I, I, I practiced it. Before, <laughs> I practiced it before we started recording, and I'm still not getting it right. In any case, uh, I dug up a beautiful quote sure. from Holst about writing this piece, and he was talking to a friend, and he said it grew in my mind slowly, like a baby in a woman's womb. Isn't that beautiful? That is beautiful. That thing has been played time and time again. It's been recorded by so many symphony orchestras and different performers. Mm -hmm. It still resonates to this day, as you alluded to a, a little bit earlier. It's still a piece that talks to us. Absolutely. And I think that is the case with a lot of these so-called classical or symphonic masterworks that just have a way to enter culture and permeate 
kind of our lives in a way that it really is worth returning to them time to time. You know, the Bloomington Symphony performed this last in 2015. Uh -huh. It will have been seven years since the last performance. This was before my time uh, here as a conductor. And uh, that time the shows were sold out. And we're really hoping to sell out one more time. But more, more than that, more than selling out, just the idea that as I alluded to earlier, this music allows us to relate via the planets, via this these cosmic, uh, you know, colossal things that make us wonder about who we are and where we come from. I, I feel like it's also very human. It's also very human. And for example, one of the things that the orchestra will do, the presentation will have a slideshow, essentially a video kind of companion that is custom created to make us think of things that relate to each planet. So for example, oh. you may be hearing Mars by the orchestra, and at the same time, the video may be playing images of Mars, the planet, all these amazing images that we have available by the Hubble telescope via NASA, but also quotes uh, regarding war regarding the significance of certain times that we're definitely living in so you know it makes it even more poignant in today's world and not necessarily glorifying war or anything but just kind of putting a little bit into a historical context and just sharing images that and quotes that that speak to that and conversely you know if we're talking about venus which is the bringer of peace i would like to add also the bringer of love because the way the host writes, it's a very wonderfully lush times rendering of what I think very much is depicting love in musical terms. And so quotes that accompany that. Um, and it could be their quotes across liter from literature, from um, different characters from the sci-fi realm, uh, from different religious traditions. All of these things that make us human and make us think about trying to find meaning uh, in our life. So as fun as the, uh, the event will be, I also would like to think that it will sort of encourage us to, to think deeply and to, and to ask these questions, even if they don't have an answer. It's ironic and very fitting that we're talking about the planets because uh, I think it was just about two weeks ago for the sky watchers out there, Absolutely. there was a meeting of Jupiter and Venus <laughs> uh, low in the sky. And hey, that, that from what I heard about that Jupiter, if I were Venus, I would be very careful about him uh, coming too <laughs> close to me. Uh, those uh, Greek gods were uh, quite randy fellows, I understand. Uh, so in, any, <laughs> in any case, it was a real neat near-the-horizon view of things. But uh, back to the event that you mentioned in 2015, Alejandro, mm -hmm. uh, that was called the Cosmos event. I also understand that uh, the Bloomington Symphony Orchestra at that time worked with a couple of members of the Indiana University astronomy faculty Absolutely. to put together the multimedia show behind the performance at that time. That was very well received. And it was also a wonderful way to relate music, uh, even more so, I guess, to science, really to the astronomical element. And that time, the video, and there were, there were uh, speeches between each of the planets. It was more about 
sort of important facts about understanding the planets themselves, you know, the makeup of, you know, the atmosphere, whether it has one or not, and what are the sort of the gases involved and uh, all these wonderful facts and wonderful things that only uh, astronomers can, can know and can share. Because we did that then, we thought that this time we would just approach it a little bit differently and try to think of the planets in a way as, as characters, as, as topics that are very living topics. And so, you know, you have something like uh, Uranus, which is the bringer of uh, magic or, you know, and, and magic can mean so many things, right? And so in our reading of it, I think this is a very mischievous, almost like a prankster, trickster character that uh, sort of puts on a show and makes us think <laughs> of all these things that make us think of, of like kids again and that sense of awe and that sense of, whoa, you know, what just happened? And the music depicts that and it can, it can really connect on that level too. And then something like Neptune, uh, mysticism, but the way we're approaching that, thinking more widely about just spirituality in general. What uh -huh. does that mean to anyone, you know? And it's such a wonderfully vast topic uh, with which you can relate to in so many different ways that I think rather than, than painting a very clear picture or saying this is exactly what spirituality means or anything like that, it's just, it's just kind of beckoning the audience to think to think about it and then also let the music wash over us and let that be this this vehicle, this wonderful catalyst. I'm just very excited about how, how that all is gonna feel, of course, coupled with, with beautiful lighting on the stage. And it's it's a moment to really, really ponder about this these sort of eternal questions of who we are, why we're here. And again, as I said earlier, just Trying to answer the questions, I think, is a beautiful part of the journey, even though we might not know the answer. You know, for the listeners, if you're excited about this event, and you darn well ought to be, uh, that's Sunday, May 22nd, uh, the Bloomington Symphony Orchestra performing The Planets, uh, two performances at 3 and 7 p.m., sandwiched around a, a fundraising party. Uh, hopefully, people will be wearing their space-oriented costumes at the mill 4 30 to 6 30 p.m you can walk from one place to the other if you can't wait for it i highly recommend that you go online and look at some of the beautiful images of all these planets uh we are able to see things that holst could only dream of back in the early 1900s it's incredible isn't it Having grown up with this fascination for the cosmos also, I am very much a non-scientific astronomy buff. <laughs> and by uh -huh. that, I mean, I don't understand, I'm beginning to understand the complexity of the math, but it's so, it really is so beautiful. And if you, if you look up, there's, there's a thing on NASA where you can like input your birthday uh -huh. and it shows you, for example, what the Hubble telescope photographed on your birthday. And that is literally my background image on my cell phone. I look at that every day and it just makes me feel so in awe and so connected to something that is just much bigger than anything I can conceive of. I'm excited too. I don't know if you happen to know, Michael, that there's a new, um, the James Webb uh, Space Telescope yes. that, is, that is coming up and apparently it's going to be even more amazing and, and the images 
and the kinds of uh, images that is going to that is producing are going to be even more amazing than the Hubble. And the Hubble has been such an incredible tool, not to you know throw the poor Hubble under the bus, but I mean I'm just <laughs> so excited that the James Webb Telescope is going to give us even more of a of a glimpse into what our what our universe uh, looks like and that fascination with the cosmos. Well, from last fall into this spring, I followed uh, the unveiling, as it were, of the Webb Telescope. Nice. Uh, it was named after an early head of NASA, James Webb. Yeah. And that Webb Telescope was so complex, and it had to go through so many different uh, orientations and unfoldings it was just amazing. And through the whole thing, I was chewing my fingernails saying, boy, I hope this one works. I hope that part works. I, I hope this step comes through. Yeah. But it all did. And things are happening now. Fabulous stuff. Amazing. Truly amazing. And the people that it takes and the ingenuity and the intelligence to, to make all of these things happen. It's just, it's just so awe-inspiring and, and so amazing. I'll tell you what else is amazing, Alejandro Gomez-Guillen, who is the conductor of the Bloomington Symphony Orchestra. This is the fact that the Bloomington Symphony Orchestra itself has been in existence since 1969, and everybody is a volunteer. Well, you know, I'm very grateful that the symphony organizations has invested in compensating different positions such ah. as mine mine is a part position part-time position we have uh other paid staff uh -huh. unfortunately which which really help us you know move the ship along but that is this that's a very small percentage we're talking about you know a handful of people but really the the soul of the orchestra and the 70 plus uh, souls of the orchestra that make make us work really are the musicians without whom we would not do anything. We could not do anything. Let me hear that again. Did you say 70 plus? I did. I did. And one of the exciting things for this concert is that you get to hear Planets in its original instrumentation. And when I say instrumentation, I mean uh -huh. literally the exact number of instruments that host wanted the piece. And right. it's a big undertaking, not only because we're dealing with volunteers, but because we're dealing with instruments that are not as readily findable, if you will. You know, they are they are they are more um, seldom used in orchestras, such as the wonderful contrabassoon, the contrabassoon that big. You know, the bassoon is big and 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 mighty and low, but the contrabassoon is even more so, and it gives such a beautiful color, such beautiful depth to the sound. The bass oboe. Have you heard of a bass oboe before? It's no. The same thing as an English horn. It's it's a, an oboe that is just a lot bigger. And actually, if you go on our social media pages, on Facebook, on Instagram, you can see pictures of our player, David Dawson, who is, shows com the comparison of a regular oboe and a bass oboe. Uh, we have two harps, we have, you know, bass clarinet, all these instruments that are less common in the in the regular orchestra, if you will, and that add such an amazing depth of, of color and, and that help that musical imagery come together. So yeah, we'll have, we'll be, we'll be tied on the Busker Chumley stage. Uh, we've done it before and, and we're excited that again, as you pointed out with, with so many volunteers, 
working to make this happen and to share it with the community. And that's really what Bloomington Symphony has been doing, like you said, since 1969, sharing music uh, with our community. Now, Alejandro, when you took this job with the Bloomington Symphony Orchestra, one of the things you told people is uh, that you hope to diversify the programming. Well, thank you for asking about that. I mean, that is a passion of, of mine as a, as a programmer. You know, when I say I'm a programmer, I mean probably the most difficult yet fascinating part of the job is to, to think of what we will play. And in the last uh, five or so seasons, what we've tried to do is to really champion as much as is possible within, within our means and within our circumstances, uh, the works of living composers, for example, the works written by female composers, works of uh, people of color, people who have traditionally been underrepresented, especially in the symphonic world. And we believe that it is very important, I certainly believe that it's very important, crucial in fact, to give voice to all these people who are really doing amazing things from their own perspective, and also to balance that against the so-called masterpieces of the repertoire, you know? The, the things that became masterpieces didn't didn't become masterpieces just just by a fluke, you know? It's because different people believed in them enough to continue to program them over and over to where now you look at a Beethoven symphony and everybody knows what that is. But you know, we have to remember that Beethoven was cutting edge. I mean, many people thought his music was insane. People <laughs> would be very much affected by it in a way that we almost take for granted now. And so remembering that all music was once new music. Yes. And that as important as it is, I'm a huge Beethoven fan, don't get me wrong. But you know, there's also room on the stage, there's also room in our programs to highlight music by different composers. Music being great music is the criteria. Whether it happens to be written by a woman or by a person of color or by a living composer is not the objective. The objective is to continue to share great music, but how wonderful to do it and also get to highlight and champion underrepresented voices. Hopefully we get to a point where we don't have to use that word anymore. You know, we, we're just using amazing music and, and representation is being more, more fair across the board and more diverse and more interesting. It just makes us better people, I firmly think. Get on over to the Buzzkirk Chumley Theater Sunday. Two performances. They're not the same performances. They're different performances, but both based on Gustav Holst's The Planets. 3 p.m. and 7 p.m. Sunday, May 22nd. Both those performances are sandwiched around the BSO Galactic Party at the Mill, just north of City Hall. That's from 4.30 to 6.30 p.m. Everything's happening Sunday, May 22nd. That's just in a couple of days. Uh, what's that website again that they can go to, Alejandro? You can go to bloomingtonsymphony.com slash spacejams. Or if you want, you can also go to bctboxoffice.com org which is the box office for the busker chumley either way even if you were just to google bloomington symphony orchestra indiana you'll get to the right place alejandro good luck on the big event sunday our guest has been alejandro gomez guillen the conductor of the bloomington symphony orchestra 
thanks so much for being on Big Talk. Thank you so much for having me. It was really a pleasure, Michael.